gonna travel You know, but this is sick. It's sick and wrong. <laughs> Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Harrison. Harrison, uh, I noticed you're uh, wearing your, your homemade mask there. That's right. You That's know, right. Uh, I was actually quite impressed at your mask-making skills. You, you made that, right? I did. Yeah. Kind of looks like, uh, yeah, you kind of look like that depressive, middle-aged Mortal Kombat character. Yeah. <laughs> that just no one wants to pick. No one wants to play. <laughs> Yeah. It just makes you feel dead inside. Well, because my finishing move when it says finish him is uh, I go, but why? Do we really have to do this? Yeah. All right, but, I guess. Like, but why, though? <laughs> <laughs> but, mm. but why? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, you, but you made that yourself. What, what is that thing? What, is it like a, a paintball I, mask or something? I bought a cheap... I bought a pair of cheap paintball goggles that came with a face shield attached and I broke off the face shield and then sort of uh, jury rigged a fucking strap to it and then put like a medical mask inside of it. Like one of those. Uh, it's like an actual paper. filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's so, pretty legit. Yeah. I was thinking you should do like a do-it-yourself mask building uh, YouTube <laughs> session. <laughs> Like yeah. Just become like a big influencer. Just here's yeah. how my, I make my new, yeah. my new apocalypse mask. I'll be doing that uh, when I when I once I start my um, uh, paramotoring YouTube channel. Ooh, that yeah. that is gonna yeah. take off. That's right. I like this one that uh, so so this mask mm. that you that uh, you sold me here. Yeah, I sold now, you. This a mask. isn't like a That's part right. of one of your like sex things. Like this didn't it's come out actually. of your suitcase, did it? Yeah, no. Because right, at first I was like putting it on my face. I'm thinking, God, this is probably covered in his ball milk. But it's not though, right? Mm. Speaking of ball milk, you, you you have this apartment to yourself, so I just assume your ball milk is everywhere. Oh, there's ball milk everywhere. You don't. You're not wearing the ghost. <laughs> The angry ape ghost mask, uh, appropriately. You're not wearing it right, but, you oh, it's know. Not, oh, wait. Yeah. oh, shit, I got to put, put the bottom part Yeah, 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 that I... goes, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. All right. But Let me see if I can do anyway. this. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of chaos happening Here right now. Here the men in okay. black. All right, I'm back. Yeah. That was tough. I was trying to put it mm. on just to see if... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not used to wearing masks, but mm. apparently that's what we have to do now. That's what we have to do. Like You have to wear a mask mm. to go into Rite Aid. You have to wear a mask to go to fucking Taco Bell. 
That's right. You have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you been wearing your plague doctor mask around? I was. Now I have this, so I don't need to. Uh, that's that's a pretty good one because I've seen yeah. most people wear the medical masks, but I yeah. kind of like these. Like like this one, I think is a good one too. I mean, it's got the skull, the skull thing, demon skull, whatever's going on there, vampire skull. It's a vampire skull, I think, or or an ape, some kind of ape. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. It's Harris- leather. It's pleather. <laughs> yeah, whatever it's like it is. pleather. Yeah. It's it's fashionable. Mm-hmm. It's like Harrison's. That's what you should go into the mask business. <laughs> I think if I were to do that, I should have done it about a month ago. In the so, mask business, yeah. it's like the mask. <laughs> well, we, where do you where do you go where you get started? The mask dis- district, right? You go you to the probably mask could. district. Yeah, the mask yeah, district. Get yeah, your yeah. supplies. Okay. Go and start yeah. doing your YouTube tutorials about how to make your own mask. You ever been to the toy district in downtown LA? I have a friend that lives over yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, why is this still a thing? What is going on? I don't on? know. I think it was back, yeah. like I don't know, in the seventies or something. In like the thirties or something. Yeah, maybe. You know? mm. So, did you read about? Uh, we were talking about this on the uh, outtakes from Patreon, mm. but um, landlords in Hawaii are pressuring their tenants to take sex for rent. And I was thinking about this since you got furloughed. Are you concerned that this might happen to you? Like, if your landlord is like. Harrison, I'll take a hand job. You know, instead of paying rent, would you do it? I'm very good at um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you compartmentalizing? Compartmentalizing. I'm very good at that. Compartmentalizing. So I'll do a handy. A handy. I could just (laughs) close my eyes and think of England, and I, you know, I'm not even there. Yeah. I'm just like I'm an, in an old episode of the Facts of Life. I'm not even. I'm watching Designing Women in my mind, and I don't even remember what that show was about. I think that's what women need to so, like. A lot of women that are getting yeah. these offers by their landlords just learn to compartmentalize and make a mask with Harrison. Mm-hmm. Just make a mask, compartmentalize, yeah. and give a hand job, and that's then you'll right. get free rent. We're Might all wearing, out. you know. I, I mean, you just. You need to, you were already wearing a mask. You need to take it off and you need to put on your face. That's what you okay? do. Put on that's your, what your I face. That's yeah. what I did. So Gave your landlord a hand job mm-hmm. and now you don't have to pay rent for April. <laughs> yes. It works. Do, do you have like a company or is it like an old Armenian man? Well, I have a building manager. Oh, it's a building manager. So yeah. You, okay. All right. He's, oof. Yeah, <laughs> would that be a rough one? It'd be a rough one. It'd be a rough. It'd be a rough job, one, especially hey. since I, we don't get along. Um, <laughs> so, although maybe that would make it better. I don't know. <laughs> Just like really aggressive. It's a really angry yeah, yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that'll yeah. happen. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, so. we we didn't uh, we didn't start this show here just to to talk about talk hand about, jobs yeah. for. Your landlord. Hand jobs and hand grenades. Yeah. Mm. That's, actually, that's probably a good name for a podcast. Yeah. Hand jobs and hand grenades. What's that song? It was like the hand jobs and the rag dolls that your grandpa made when you were young. Is that David Bowie? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I the love rag that one. dolls and the hand jobs that your granddad. Something. It does sound really yeah. familiar. All right. I think it's Don McLean. Okay. Yeah, it's a verse. Mm. Anyway, what we're mm. going to talk about today is uh, <laughs> I think this is a good pastime for you to get together with your family. Because right now families are stuck together in these homes instead of mm. murdering each other, which is inevitable. But instead of mm. doing that, maybe you should do something as a family, um, such as, uh, such as uh, just create a ghost. 
create an apparition with create your mind. Create a ghost, ghost, ghost. You know, I was reading about this thing. It's called the Philip mm. Experiment. It happened in the 70s. It's a, a psychokinetic experiment that was done by these Canadian, this Canadian uh, doctor, um, a scientist, who was studying his theory that ghosts have an objective reality and they're created out of the minds of those who see them. Yes. Which is something I've always thought about ghosts. Mm. I've always thought that it was just a construct of your own imagination. That's right. Like it's not something that's, that's, that's reality. And so what he did is he got a, a group, a group of people, including his wife. I like how uh, mm. they, they actually talk about the whole original um, group members here mm. of the Toronto Society for Physical Research, TSPR. He got this group together in 1973 in Toronto, Canada, and decided to address by experiment certain questions that arise with regard to psychokinetic um, phenomena that occurred during mediumship sittings, such as the rapping noises that you hear, the a knocking. Rap, a rap, a rapity yeah. rap rap. The rap I bet rap. you didn't know this ghost could rap, but now I can. And you, yeah. And mm -hmm. table levitations. Okay. Do they, do they require the presence of at least one individual gifted with psychic powers? Because that's usually what happens. Yeah. Because there's a medium there. Sure. That is your kind of your connection to the, uh, to the, uh, the paranormal. Um, can these, these like table wrappings and the levitations, can right. they be produced in full light and captured on camera? Mm. Or is it a disembodied spirit? or an unconscious psychokinetic activity that the participants actually experience. So what he did is he planned to create this whole condition of a of spiritualist seance, but without a medium, mm. like no one there with, with you know, self-proclaimed psychic powers. And then they would contact a fictional entity created for the purpose rather than a genuine deceased individual. Yes. So they actually just made their own ghost now why did they do why did they approach it that way do you know i think uh i think that it's people are more likely to because when you will something into being this then there's no mm. historical reference so i think people would be able to if it was a, someone who actually died then people mm. already have that that backstory like they're yeah. that familiarity with it you know whereas this is just something they concocted themselves right Whereas, like, if it was like I don't know Benedict Arnold or something, or yeah. Bluebeard. I mean, you 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 know, or um, John Belushi. It's like you you mm. you know this person, right? I'd try to actually get uh, John Belushi would be kind of cool. Would he though? Bring him back? Would he? I don't He'd know. Probably die within the first again within the first two hours. What about Chris Farley? What if you just brought Chris Farley back? Yeah. Would you want to deal with that though? It'd be a lot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I you know I could do without the David Spade team up. You know. Yeah, I could. I could do with maybe. Mm. Yeah, I could do with Chris Farley by himself. Yes. Not with David Spade. It, for the life of David Spade, if we extinguish one life to to pull back another, then I'm okay no, with that. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. So what they wanted to do is to see if a with with a intense and prolonged concentration could a group of people create a collective thought form. Which to me sounds kind of like a tulpa. It is, yeah. Isn't that what a tulpa is? That is a tulpa. And that, yeah, and uh, after we get into the whole, this experiment, I'll have a few things to share uh, from the research I did when we almost did an episode about tulpamancy. Yeah, I don't know why we the, didn't do it. What you, the kids, 
because you just it, it, you didn't the, want to deal with it or something. The research involved me having to message people on Reddit and use the message system within Reddit. And whenever I have to do that, uh, I just I don't think I've ever done that. It kills a part of my soul. Yeah, no, it's a piece of your soul. I had to do rocks. that last week with the Patton uh, Oswalt, you know, QAnon guy, and it was just uh, it's rough, you know. Just to have to deal, especially with since it's like, am I talking to you or I'm? Am I talking to you know, Donovan the Dragon Faced Man <laughs> that you're, is your imaginary friend? You well, know, how do you know? Yeah, you know, like oh boy. So uh, the TSPR believe they could prove that ghostly manifestations and poltergeist phenomena were just a product of the human mind. And Why I think there's so many different paranormal societies in england in was this in england no this is in toronto but in oh, the 70s okay. though this wasn't the like 70s it was like there were almost as many paranormal societies as there were like you know uh violent revolutionary groups but with the but with typical a typical paranormal society though mm. are they trying to like they actually believe in ghosts right they have a vested yes. interest that ghosts exist yeah whereas this guy was saying that ghosts are a product of your own imagination i'm gonna right. prove it to you yeah so mm. I wonder if like those other groups would be like, yeah, fuck those guys mm. trying to, you know, ruin our, our thing here. The thing we got going on. Yeah. Our social club. Although I'd be, I'd be down with that. There's, do you, do you know, are there any ghost groups that hang out now? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've looked into it when there's drunk. terrible podcasts that go out there and try yeah. to like yeah. track ghosts down. Right. So the Owen Group did this uh, research here, and the group's original members were Al, a self-employed heating engineer, <laughs> Lorne, an yep. industrial engineer and artistic person uh, who yeah. studied Oriental philosophy. Artistic person? Artistic person. That's, that's like a British euphemism for someone with feelings, right? Isn't that what that means? More or less. Okay. Andy, who is Lauren's wife, who shared mm. his interest in astronomy and was also an artistic person, she actually drew the picture of Philip. Mm. I've, um, I've seen the picture. It's quite silly. Philip? Yeah, yeah. Philip is the entity that they created. Yeah. Bernice, an accountant who is widely read. Dorothy, a housewife trained in bookkeeping. Who the fuck is a widely read accountant? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. She's yeah. widely read. Okay. Sydney, the youngest member and a sociology student who was taking time off to work as a salesman and travel. Mm. Sue, the chairman of the Canadian chapter of Mensa and a nurse, she actually originated the story of Philip. Mm. There's Iris, the wife of uh, Dr. George here. Um, she helped co-found the TSPR, and then there's Philip, who's the entity that we're gonna we're gonna find out soon. Do you have a picture, I gotta, Philip? I, I gotta say, I'm not crazy about this Gilligan's Island reboot you're, you're going through here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not nuts about it. I do like you the know? characters, and finally, there's yeah. uh, George, Doctor George, mm. um, and another doctor named Joel Witten, who was a, uh, their psychiatrist. They were present there as observers. Oh, so yeah. here's the whole story here. Philip. Philip is the entity that they created. Mm. Uh, Sue was assigned to invent the ghost's backstory, which she did as follows. So keep in mind, Philip never existed. He wasn't a, a deceased person in history. Philip is, not, is a completely a fictional ghost that they created. He was an aristocratic Englishman living in the time of Oliver Cromwell, mid-1600s. He was Catholic, supported the king, married to a beautiful but frigid and cruel wife, Dorothea. <laughs> yeah. While out riding one day, he caught sight of a beautiful raven-haired gypsy girl, Margot. Mm. Instantly fell in love. 
brought her back to live in his gatehouse, kept the affair secret, but Dorothea found out, accused Margot of witchcraft and husband stealing. And afraid to lose his reputation and possessions, Philip did not protest at the trial, and she was burned at the stake. No! Stricken with remorse, Philip uh, ended up committing suicide by throwing himself off of a high wall. Oh, man. God, everyone always hates on the goth chicks, you know? Yeah. That's, I f- also fell in love when I was doing research for this story. You did actually. I did. did you? Uh, That's you right. found a, uh, an, a a YouTube. Uh, is she uh, like a YouTube personality? Yep. Yeah. And uh, a raven-haired that. beauty. That's correct. Yep. That is correct, sir. Many many uh, of those live on the internet. Katie of the night. Katie of the night. Yes. Mm. Each member of the group memorized his backstory and tried to visualize Philip to make him as real as they could in their minds. His appearance, personality, preferences, all of them. And uh, Andy even produced that drawing him, of him, which I don't know if you have a picture of that. I'm, I'm trying to pull it out. Um, Bear yeah, with I me. I don't know if I actually... Right. I thought I got one, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, although there is video of the actual seance, which we'll get to in a second. Right. And so the group members made a commitment to meet weekly yeah. for sessions for a year. Yeah, look it up, guys, all right? Yeah. Because I... Philip, Philip It's not working for me. All right. After a, what they would do is they would meditate quietly... And then they would share what they felt or experienced during the meditation. Then they'd meditate again and try to visualize Philip in their mind, develop his character, their notion of his, their collective notion of his personality. Mm-hmm. They, they kept convincing themselves that, that Philip actually lived, but a year passed without any results. Mm. At that point, I would have given up probably like six months into this thing. Because at this point, it doesn't matter if he really lived or not, right? No. Because I mean, it's, it's like, oh, let's say he really lived, like... His ghost is just hanging around to talk to a widely read accountant. What the fuck kind of afterlife is that? You know, nobody wants that. No. It's it's the the idea that you can create a being, you know, I think to talk to collectively yeah. create one, and that's uh, the thing because everybody was visualized this in their mind and brought this thing into being in the same way that you would use, say, tarot cards as a form of divination to tap into some kind of collective spiritual wisdom i usually right? use them to get laid oh yeah but well that's a good thing too. too yeah, yeah. there's some spiritual wisdom because <laughs> there in was that. a guy named frederick bly bond uh i think the book is called gates of remembrance and in the early 20th century uh if you ever been to glastonbury england i have been to glastonbury yeah okay you should go to the abbey i think we did i was young yeah. it was when it's it was... like the ruins of yeah this yeah abbey. the ruins yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Abbey. So that used to be, like, they didn't know where it was. And there's also a part of the Abbey that's like, Arthur and Guinevere buried here, we think. We don't yeah, know. I'm sure. But um, they didn't know where all that shit was. They didn't know where the Abbey was. And they hired Frederick Bly Bond, who was a fucking weirdo, to, to find it. He was like an uh, archaeologist and a fucking weirdo. And he used uh, scrying in uh, spiritual, spirit writing, automatic writing, to talk to the monks Wow. That, but he just, they just kind of, him and his partner kind of fabricated them in the same way that like John D. See, and Edward Kelly did. It's like a con man. Now, he found at it. At that point. He found, nobody else could fucking find the shit. He found it. Wait, he found Arthur's he bones? Dug up, he, he dug up the, the parts of the abbey that nobody could find. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So, Maybe he did have something By there. talking to the monk. But I mean, they weren't real monks, right? They're not just ghosts. It's like he's tapping into something. Well, that's right? the thing. He's yeah. tapping into his own subconscious mm. and willing these ghosts into existence. 
So this this group of people met once a week. They all meditated, tried to visualize and mm. bring Philip into being. Nothing happened for a year. Mm. Just nothing. They just would get together and hang out. So at that point, I'd have been done. I'd have been like, I'm out of here. Mm. I got better things to do, like watching Netflix. Yeah. Um, so since nothing was happening, the group decided to kind of do a, a, a different change in the, in the way they've been conducting this research and this experiment. So they, they ended up adding the 19th century practice of table turning, which has been used by early experimenters to produce some interesting phenomena. So it's also called table tilting. That's okay. like the classic seance where everybody's holding their hands around a table. And then if the table moves, that's when you see that there's like some kind of spiritual being in the room. Oh, it's also like the, the classic... Um, you know, academic spiritual practice of light as a feather, stiff as a board, right? More or less. This yeah, is yeah, like it's fucking same kind of thing. slumber party bullshit, it sounds but like. They also say like with table turning, well, that's the thing. A lot of charlatans would uh, would, would do parlor tricks with mm. this. But with uh, table turning, oftentimes you would you would say different letters of the alphabet, kind of like a Ouija mm. board, and you'd hear knocks and taps if the letter mm. was the correct letter. And and BDSM aficionados may know what I'm talking about when you bring table turning into your sex life. I'm so I'm sure it yeah. involves wearing a mask similar to this one. <laughs> um, so anyway, all the participants were it was agreed would believe in the paranormal, yeah. but not feel responsible for creating any phenomena themselves. So they would sit around, and it, they were kind of like that's the thing in the video. That uh, that they that they took there is video on YouTube of this uh, the Philip experiment um, being conducted. It is kind of a relaxed atmosphere. They kind of hang out. It looks like they're just like hanging out. Um, but then they started introducing more of like the traditional seance type things where they're holding hands and things like that. Um, and on the third or fourth session, the group started feeling a vibration in the tabletop. At first, it was really quiet, but then it started becoming audible. Mm. And then the table would just slide around the room. And they were saying that no living person was pushing or rapping on the table. And a few sessions later, Dorothy exclaimed, is Philip doing this? And when she did that, a loud rap at the table. Hmm. A loud rap. Like loud big and small. It's like broke uh, like right into DMX. Juicy. Yeah. D okay, yeah. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? It just kind of came out and then all of a sudden. Um, but yeah. I didn't no, realize DMX sang Who Let the Dogs did Out. Did he? Oh, no, wait, I was thinking up in here. <laughs> Different song. Who's saying who let the dogs out? It wasn't a fucking rapper, I'll tell you that much. I thought it was a rap song. I don't think so. God, it's such a terrible song. Yeah, it's a bad song. Ugh. It was like a dance song or something. It was like know. one of those, it's like the genre of music that, that's, now it, that's what I call music volume four. It reminds me of uh, when I worked at that strip club, the Deja Vu strip club, whenever you did blue light specials, you had to play this CD called Jock Jams. And uh, Who Let the Dogs Out was on there. So same with Up In Here was on there too. Y'all gonna make yeah. me, yeah. Lose my mind. Mm. That Up In Here is a better song than Who Let the Dogs Out. That's correct. Um, however... If you were in like this atmosphere trying to conjure up a ghost and all of a sudden the song Who Let the Dogs Out started coming, like coming on out of nowhere, would you think you've experienced a spiritual phenomenon? That means you let Mr. Howdy <laughs> out from hell. Yeah, Mr. And you're Howdy. Fucked. That's what you, that means. You, just, you let the hellhounds at yeah. loose, motherfucker. You've sealed your fate. Who let the hellhounds out? <laughs> 
It's a great Robert Johnson song. <laughs> um, so Who Let the Dogs Out was playing loudly in the room. Table was moving around. Lights started being manipulated. Mm. But yeah, so weird things started happening. And this was like, you know, this is like after they, they've been doing this a year. All of a sudden they do this table turning. And uh, next thing you know, it's like tables dancing around the room. Lights are being turned on and turned off. Um, Philip would then be present at the sessions, wrapping his answers to questions in time with songs. So I'm huh. saying he like started going right straight into heavy D. Wow. You know, Biggie Smalls. Um, but it, it, what was weird about it was when they would tell jokes, they said that the rapping sounded like laughter almost using one rap for yes, two for no. The group actually had him tell his story. <clears throat> Like, uh, ha, ha, ha. It's like a juggle sometimes. It makes me wonder. Mm. Yeah, he was uh, the human beatbox. Right. Um, the group remained aware that they had created Philip, but they began to treat him as a group member. They would greet him every session, and he would wrap the table under each individual member's hands. Mm. I mean, everybody was experiencing this phenomenon. It wasn't just one person. I'll wrap you under the table. Um, there were other physical manifestations. For instance, the colored lights would flicker on request. Hmm. Um, particular movements of the table could be elicited. Uh, sometimes it would tilt up on two legs or on one leg or rock in time to music or slide towards someone entering the room. Even there was a moment where it looked like it was waltzing. But of course, they're sitting at the table, so they're moving it around. I mean, that's, Well, that's the know, thing. They're saying yeah. that group members would, would keep their hands up. Right. And they, I mean, people, this was recorded. Yeah. Do, do you have that video that we actually have of um, during the session? I sure do. So um, you can see in this video that they kind of show it. Mm -hmm. They're all sitting at the table. So this, this is a typical session. Yeah. So like singing songs. It is so 70. Like, it looks like at any moment somebody's going to bring out the fucking fondue thing, you know? The and the fucking. Fondue pot. Yeah. <laughs> and the fucking glass bowl full of car keys. It does and look like a key you, party. Let me tell you, don't, you don't want to go to this yeah, key party. Yeah, that key party is yeah, one out of my avoid. God. Hideous. Come on, Let's get a better table. It, it's like a shitty card table. Does it capture any of the knocks? These tables are better. Now they're tipping the table over on its like. Are they moving it, on, or is it? Yeah, of course they're moving it. Beer, perhaps. Oh, Philip, Philip, if you perform, you should have a nice big pint of beer. Would you like that? Good. Yes. Now, that was the loudest rap of the yes. evening. Wait, yes. that yes. was a rap? Yeah, that was a rap. Did you barely, you could barely hear it. It was like yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. All right. All right. All right. Stop it. Dear Jesus H. Christ. Um, mm. I wonder if like, any of them ever tried to get a hand job from Philip. I mean, if he's moving he, if he the table around, like that, you know? yeah, you know, oh my God, um, they said that the, uh, the audio, 
um, the audio like the showed a unique sound envelope, one that could not be reproduced by researchers, and the group soon recognized that the entity they conjured had a distinct personality. So Philip had likes, dislikes, and strong views on various subjects made clear to like his enthusiasm, mm. like the loudness of his knocking. I mean, so at one point, the group asked Philip about his wife, Dorothea, mm-hmm. who burned the goth chick at the stake, and loud scratching noises would emanate from the tables and chairs, mm. as if he was, like, upset. Wow. Yeah. Something so, to look forward to in the afterlife. <laughs> what a table scratching. That's great. Well, they said that he began producing extraordinary mm. visible physical manifestations. Hmm. And uh, yeah, the, with the table dancing, mm. uh, the group would hear whispers in their ears. Mm. So that's the thing. It's like they all claim that they're experiencing this, but it's they all want to experience this. So in their mind, they're like, yeah, I want this to happen because I don't want to be just like mm. four or eight <laughs> dumbasses sitting around a table holding hands. Can a topa get a table dance? Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> mm. So researchers began questioning the results here. Um in order to rule out a possible hoaxer in the group, they placed paper doilies on the table under the fingertips of the participants mm. in an effort to foil any conscious attempts by members to make the table move. I don't know how that would stomp that, but... It does, yeah. Uh, cameras were brought in to film the proceedings, some placed strategically to capture any purposeful attempt to move the table using someone's knees. But still, the table would jump and, and shake on its own accord. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like the immensely disappointing magic tricks that you see at the Magic Castle. This does sound like all the magic tricks. It's like, oh, wow, tricks. he made the table moon. Yeah, that's my card. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The headquarters of magic? Are you kidding me? I just think with this, it's oh, like, God. I want to, like, if I want to see a ghost, I want to mm. see, like, you know, gatekeeper and keymaster Ghostbusters type shit here. Mm. I want I want slime to come out here. Ectoplasm. You know, ectoplasm. Well, that's know? what physical mediums used to do. They would form the ghost uh, from the the fluids of their own body, and that's how it would come yeah. out. Yeah, and actually, there's there's if there, there's a, there was an uh, exhibit. I think it was at the MoMA about kind of 19th century. Uh, spiritualist mediums and specifically about physical mediums who would actually form a spirit from the the fluids of their body and women especially would sometimes do it from their nether regions because the uh, vaginal fluids were sometimes confused with ectoplasm that could conduct well yeah the uh, yes. the, the paranormal That's so wait correct. would the the thing come out of their like it would genitals? It, yeah but in photographs that were doctored you know oh, okay so yeah. it was just kind so of this blurry really, white yeah thing it was like your... with uh you know um kind of like gauze they'd make it look like fluidy you know all right yeah yeah it's kind of like mm. that uh when i went to uh the shining the overlook hotel or whatever mm. um in colorado it was the same mm. thing on that ghost tour they're like so to take lots of pictures because you might see a light that's a ghost mm. and so like they had all these pictures that were hung up of tourists that were walked through the hotel. And it's like, sure, there's like a reflection mm. of a light in a window. They're like, ghost. Mm. That's a ghost. That's like four ghosts right there. It's like, no, it just kind of looks like a hazy splotch of something on the, mm. on the photo. Uh, so there, w- the, there wasn't a dog man sucking the Mater D's cock or anything like that? I didn't see Nothing? any of okay, that. And right. that's what I wanted to see because yeah. then I'd be like, all right, mm. maybe I do believe in this. Right. You know? Mm. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, they found that the phenomena would occur with even as few as four members there. Mm-hmm. So the the group was eight originally, but even with four people, there there would uh, there would be strange phenomena. Mm. But during the summer after they started doing these experiments, they took a brief like break from it, and some of the members experienced poltergeist phenomena in their own homes, away from everyone else. Right. What I don't get about it is like the some you when I was reading about it, these people some people have objections to this because they're like, well. T- this, of course, this is fake. This, Philip's not a real person. They just made him up. And it's like, that's not the objection to have about this. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to, you know? It's kind of besides the point. Yeah, it's, it is besides the point. Um, but here, it said that... Uh, so people did disagree with what was happening with these experiments and, and felt that this was like a shared phenomena, a shared conscious reality amongst these people who wanted mm. to believe in this. So in an attempt to replicate the experiment, another group comprised of entirely different members in France uh, visualized and created a character named Lilith, a mm. French-Canadian girl who became a member of the French resistance in World War II. This and, was season two. Yeah, this basically. was season two. Okay, so within yeah. five weeks of beginning sittings, mm. they began to get motions of a table and raps when they, answered, when they asked questions of the fictional girl. So it made me think... Why don't you try to manifest yourself a girlfriend? Well, first of all, do you think you could do it? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, I was I was picturing you and Jared just with bras on your head, just uh, sitting around the room. <laughs> what you? Uh, what is this? A fucking uh, episode of Laverne and Shirley or something? Uh, it's weird science. Is that, Remember is that how weird you science? Were He's got a, he's got a, you know. Anyway, um, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? Honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I had this mental yeah. image of you two just sitting there on the room being like, okay, it's all ready. You know, it's Let's weird. I'm very, I've seen the television show Weird Science. Never seen the movie. What was the television show? The television, it was based on the movie. Um, Who was, was it was it? on USA. Really? Yeah. And that the, the was chick, it animated the chick or? was the chick from um, Kingpin. Oh, God, she was I love the that movie. wasn't animated, but yeah, no. Weird yeah. Science was great. I loved that movie as a kid because they showed titties, like Kelly LeBrock's titties, right? And I remember but, as a kid, and my parents mm. bought that movie. Like we had it on VHS or Betamax or something. But it's basically rape, right? That's what we're dealing with in that movie. No, no, because mm. they she was a robot, kind of similar yeah. to this actually. They they brought they took a Barbie and like transferred this consciousness in this Barbie mm. and created this thing. But she had powers. They couldn't mm. rape her. They didn't have sex with her. I don't think either one of them lost their virginity to her. Okay. But she had powers. She could do stuff. Right. Like she turned uh, the one brother the the one guy's brother into a pile of feces. Right. Chet. Hey, don't spoil it for me. I'm gonna rush <laughs> home and watch that fucking movie. You know? Okay, I've got a few things to say to your go topa man now that you're done with your fucking nonsense um yeah so uh first of all there's there's a distinction to be made between modern day like reddit tulpamancy yeah and uh actually the the process of creating a tulpa through um you know uh buddhist mysticism okay um and because uh, topomancy nowadays is kind of like you're basically kind of creating your own imaginary friend or you're creating your own um, disassociative identity disorder 
um, a, like a different persona. personality. Yeah, different yeah. Person kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of what they're doing. But there's this, uh, and also, you know, creating a tulpa, you kind of have to believe that the human mind has the ability to create things that affect other people in the universe. Like the mm. secret, you know? Yeah, where you, it's like you, you can have manifest one of these people, you can manifest. Things. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you can't. Like, you could be <laughs> like, you know, you could be like, I want this to happen for me. And then, some, you know, maybe in the course of the day, someone will notice your confidence and be like, wow, you know, he looks really confident. It makes me feel much better that I'm going to have to lay him off at the end of the day. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. You know, like, <clears throat> that's pretty much what that is isn't that what the pickup artists mm. try to teach you yes you pay a lot of money for uh and you know the church of satan and yeah, fucking the oto and everything but it's nice i like to believe that maybe it's possible who knows anything's possible right um so there is this book here uh magic and mystery in tibet alexandra david neal uh went to tibet in the 1920s and 30s she was the first european woman to actually become a full-fledged lama like she wow. meditated she was a monk yeah. she became a monk with the motherfuckers there I didn't even think they allowed women to do that this is before China uh, oh, okay. took Tibet over but uh, no it's pretty unusual you know but whatever and she did it so <clears throat> she created a tulpa okay and she kind of wanted to create like a uh, she's like oh I'll create a, a like a jolly monk she said um uh I chose for my experiment a most insignificant character, a monk, short and fat, of an innocent and jolly type. So basically, she shut herself away to meditate for like a few months. Oh, okay. That's how so long it took to... And then she formed this phantom monk. To germinate the phantom monk. That's right. Yeah. And he became kind of like a guest, like living in her tent. And, um, you know... Uh, she could communicate with it. Yeah. Interact with it. She he'd be around, and it, uh, she said that because she'd go around with people with other monks, and she said the monk included himself in the party. Though I lived in the open, riding on horseback for miles each day, the illusion persisted. I saw the fat trappa now and then. It the was fat not trappa. I think that means some kind of monk. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now and then, it was not necessary for me to think of him to make him appear. So he's just kind of there. Yeah, the phantom performed various actions of the kind that are natural to travelers that I had not commanded. For instance, he walked, stopped, looked around him. The illusion was mostly visual, but sometimes I felt as if a robe was lightly rubbing against me, and once a hand seemed to touch my shoulder. So could other people see this monk? Uh, it's going to get into that. So yeah, <clears throat> so... um. The, the features originally she, you know, built into the monk, which she imagined him, she said they gradually underwent the change. The fat, chubby-cheeked fellow grew leaner. His face assumed a vaguely mocking, sly, malignant look. He became mm. more troublesome and bold. He escaped her control, essentially. So she willed him into existence. Yeah. And then he just went he on He started to change, yeah. He went rogue. Yeah. Once, a herdsman who brought me a present of butter saw the tulpa in my tent and took it for a live llama. So other, somebody else saw him. Another person saw him. Oh, wow. So, someone, yeah. so he, he is like 
well, mm. it's a being that other people can actually experience. But she said it became nightmarish because he became kind of like evilish, mocking and malignant. Oh, wow. So yeah. he was evil. So she actually had to, she said, uh, so I decided to dissolve the phantom. I succeeded, but only after six months of hard struggle, my mind creature was tenacious of life. So basically what she's implying in this is that the, the kind of natural, uh, the default state of a thing like this is, is malicious. Yeah, yeah they're nefarious. evil creatures. So huh. uh, your mileage may vary, uh, you know, be, be careful. Well, it's kind of like a Frankenstein type situation. Exactly, you know? yeah. Don't, don't play with science. Yeah. Um, the Philip group here felt that they'd achieved <clears throat> their goal of proving that psychokinetic phenomena could be produced without the aid of a medium and in full light and even recorded on a camera. Mm. The, other, the one question that remained unanswered, though, was whether such phenomena were caused by disembodied spirits or the living people themselves. Mm. So, that, so that's kind of the thing that, uh, that they never really proved because they never really explained why did this happen in the room? What was it? <clears throat> right. You know, I mean, who's um, moving the fucking Ouija board thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, my God. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, Owen hypothesized that the energy that arose from the combined focus of the group members on one object. Um, but when members were sick, the phenomena would be more like weaker. It would mm. manifest itself weakly. So, I mean, who knows what, what, ha what happened there? These experiences that were occurring seemed like they were real mm -hmm. they seemed authentic i mean right. the table was moving people were being pushed um but what i mean what could it be though and i guess that's the thing that uh i don't know i mean look at the slender man you know some some idiot on fucking you know creepypasta whatever the fuck came up with a thing and then it be got and a it life, became, of yeah, own, became life of its own and online. it fucking made two, two people fucking kill each other, 12 yeah. year old girls try to kill a bitch i guess if you believe so, in it yeah um they said that with uh with it's really easy to destroy one of these thought entities and at one point i guess one of the guys in the uh the, in the group told philip that if he didn't answer the group will just send him away by not thinking about him and then uh philip didn't come back for a few days and then a couple of days later they you know started thinking about him again and he started rapping and knocking and moving the table around so it just kind of shows that it could he be removed that easily if you just mm. stop thinking about it. I mean, I don't know if that's the way it works. I but, mean, have you been to the Slender Man SoundCloud page? He can <laughs> he could spit some bars. Let me tell you, he can spit yeah. some bars there, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, they uh, you know they actually said that the experiment it's, it seemed to have a like a therapeutic effect on its participants. Like people felt more carefree and they felt that they were more of like a close-knit family when they were interacting with Philip. Yeah, it looks, they could also probably have the same result by playing fucking apples to apples. Look at, I mean, if you watch a video of them doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, there were several books uh, about the events. Um, one's called The Imaginary Ghost. Hmm. Uh, there's another, uh, there's several uh, different documentaries that came on, out in uh, Canada and in, on CBS. What's this one? Uh, this one's called uh, The Philip Experiment. Mm. And then there's also a movie I was watching last night called The Quiet Ones. It's a horror movie. It came out in 2014 that's based on the Philip Experiment case. 
I'll have to check it out. So I don't know. I mean, some people believe that the group made contact with the, you know, with the other world, but uh, with the other side, other people think that it's, you know, this is just what happens when a group gets together that wants to believe in something. All right. So I don't know, but maybe you can mentally affect the physical environment without any physical contact. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's what people should do right now. Quarantine family time. Just stop sitting around watching Tiger King and summon your own meth-addicted redneck. Yeah, exotic exactly. I, I think That's you should. That's what you should do. Yeah. It's a good, a good way to use your time here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, people, this is episode 735 here of Sick and Wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. We have some phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but right now, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hi, this is Wilford Brimley. And if you're anything like me, you can't get enough of Sick and Wrong. Sick and Wrong helps me with my diabetes. How's that? Because I subscribe to Sick and Wrong's Patreon. I get extra shows, extra phone calls, and it's just the right thing to do to support these two dirty fucking Jews. Again, I'm Wilford Brimley. Signing off for Sick and Wrong. Sign up for the Patreon. So the first story we have here has to do with a Brooklyn man who allegedly disemboweled his father and cut off the body parts. Mm. Gutted him, says the New York Post. He was gutted. Uh, some claim that he ate his dad's body parts after ripping out his insides in bloody attack during coronavirus lockdown. I imagine this is the first of many. Well, there were there already are lots of stories of uh, domestic violence occurring after this lockdown. Mm. I think having to put people in such close quarters is never that good. You know. Yeah. It's never going to be a good thing. Oh no. I mean, we hate being around our families and our loved ones anyway. And then being forced to be around them, that's, that's, that's when things like this happen. So a man locked down with his father's accused of dismembering him and leaving such a disturbing crime scene that cops actually believed he devoured some of his uh, father's remains. Oh, my. Khalid Ahmad strolled into a bagel store in New York City early Wednesday and boasted of having eaten his father. Hmm. Um, the suspect, who was covered in blood at the time, has been charged with murder in connection with the brutal stabbing death of his father, Imad Ahmad. Uh, one of the store owners alerted police officers who were outside that it appeared that there, that, uh, there was a man that they know is a regular and is crazy that was ranting inside the bagel restaurant. So can you, can you just picture this? This guy, he's a Palestinian guy. And I guess he regularly goes into this bagel restaurant just to mess with the owners. Like, I wonder what he does. Do you think he just walks in with a trench coat? I remember this episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he just walks mm. in with a trench coat, just yelling Allah Akbar, and mm. then he like opens it really quickly? He's like, just joking. All I know is the Wad better step up his game. You know? Yeah, this this yeah. is like the Wad. This is like what the Wad aspires to be. Mm-hmm. Crazy Palestinian harassing the bagel shop owners. Aye. So uh, the owner was like, this guy is crazy. He's mm-hmm. in here screaming, um, ranting about how he killed Nate's father. He has blood on him. So officers handcuffed Ahmad, mm-hmm. 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went with him back to his two-family brick home in Brooklyn. And there, there they found 57-year-old 
Imad, his father's mutilated body. Hmm. Um, yeah, new, uh, the cops were shocked by the blood-soaked scene. Uh, the father's uh, was dead on the kitchen floor. His body mutilated, multiple stab wounds. His hands were missing. Hmm. Uh, he gutted him, said one uh, ranking, high-ranking NYPD officer. His hands were missing, but his head was there? His head was there. Oh. He was disemboweled, so his innards were hmm. removed, but not found. That's why they thought he might have eaten them. Oh, boy. And plus, he was ranting about having eaten his father. Hmm. And the hands were cut off, but the hands were actually right next to the body. Hmm. I don't know if he was planning on uh, taking those hands with him back to the bagel store <laughs> to mess with them. Like, uh, was that Adam's family? Um, he gutted him, and uh, it must have taken a long time for him to do what he did. We have no idea where the internal parts went. That's what the source said. Mm. Um, Imad Ahmad, the father, 57 years old, had recently sold his Queen's Bodega after running it for decades. Um, Khalid, his son, desperately wanted to leave New York City. Uh, I guess his uh, father, unlike the uh, the Wad's father, was kind of a beloved pillar of the community. Hmm. Um, yeah, a longtime customer, Daryl Jones, said he supported everybody. He would come to our funerals, our proms, even our mixtape parties. <laughs> I would never miss a mixtape yeah. party. <laughs> Do you think the Wad's dad uh, went to mixtape parties? Feast your ears on this Spin Doctor's mix. <laughs> I love this mixtape. Mm. Counting crows. Mm. Um, yeah, he said no one expected this to happen. I just talked to him last week and he was in good spirits. Uh, the coronavirus crisis had forced father and son to live together in the Brooklyn home. And it doesn't sound like they get along very well or they got along very well mm. a neighbor said cops that she heard screaming coming from the home that night but didn't do anything because it's a daily occurrence the screams yeah. you know and yeah. officers had actually been to the home several times even last month in february and uh in march they'd, they'd been to the home because uh uh the son had a had attack or had like threatened to attack his father with a knife <laughs> now this is the funny part about this well well, there's a lot of funny parts of the story, but this is the other funny part. The disemboweling, yeah. the, disemboweling, the disemboweling, the innards I mean, being uh, mm. like not found. There's a lot of funny parts this, but this is the one part that is really mm. funny. Ahmad, the younger Ahmad, had actually started a GoFundMe page to raise money to go back to the Palestinian territories. Mm. Um, he hated living in Brooklyn, and he sought $1 million to return to the Palestinian territories. He said in Brooklyn, there are cockroaches everywhere, there's processed food, and it smells like dog piss everywhere he goes. And that's like his top four reasons for leaving New York. Okay. He said the stress level is very high there. Those are the things I miss about it, New York. Like, I kind yeah. of find it funny that mm. New York is more stressful than being bombed by Israelis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you'd rather have like a Jew's boot on your neck <laughs> than deal yeah. with... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> than, than living Come in on. New York and Brooklyn. Mm, yeah. It's not that bad. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming he's trying to raise money by, um, you know, uh, selling copies of his mixtape. Now, that's what Ahmed calls music volume three, right? <laughs> that that okay. is, yeah. yeah. He's hoping to make some cash there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reporter asked about the high dollar amount that he was seeking, and uh, the balding Ahmad's reason included, well, look at my hair. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so apparently he wants a million dollars maybe to get hair plugs. 
Um, he said he was actually born in Brooklyn, but moved to the Palestinian territories with his family when he was two, and he lived there 13 years. Despite the political turmoil in the region, his childhood was great. He loved growing up there, like being close to, to his family. He said, yes, it was hard growing up there, but I'm a guy who always looks in the positives before I worry about the negatives. Mm. So overall, it didn't affect me. So it didn't affect him. Okay. There you go. Yeah. He said, if you're rich and would like to donate, it would be appreciated. The page, which has been up since September 25th, has received zero donations. <laughs> so apparently no one really cares about this guy wow. going back hmm. to uh, the Palestinian territories. Unfortunately, um, you know, had he gone back, then maybe he wouldn't have murdered his father. So I'm going to deal with the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah, please didn't say what triggered the attack. Hmm. I think it had something to do with a criticism of his mixtape. Definitely. I think his father was like, yeah. you know, Daniel jo Johnson's mixtape so much better than yeah. my son's <laughs> mixtape, which sucks. Yeah. A Foo Fighters, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so basic. <laughs> so basic. Mm. Um, a neighbor said the father uh, was a very good man. They're a very nice family, very nice people. It is mm. very strange. Very strange. Mm. That's, what, that's what the 54-year-old neighbor said. Uh, Khaled has been uh, hospitalized for evaluation and has yet to appear in court. There you go. All right. There you go. What do you have here for the second story? This uh, listener sent this in saying, Idaho woman is brutal. I'd love to hear Harrison sing the byline to this one. I am evil bunny, beware. Evil Bunny. Evil Bunny has actually submitted several okay. uh, stories. I like Evil Bunny stories yeah. because I usually go looking for stories and I see the Evil Bunny sends me an email. I'm like, sweet. Oh, okay. Evil Bunny helps me out. Evil Bunny's like our intern. Okay. Masked women kidnapped, beat up, rival in Idaho love triangle. Court papers say, Madonna. All right. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Here you go. For Donnie Marie Osmond. Yeah. Like <laughs> An Idaho Falls woman was allegedly beaten with brass knuckles, kidnapped, and abandoned in a canyon. Abandoned in a canyon. It's one of my worst nightmares. Yeah. By a pissed love rival and Ooh. her friend. Ooh. Yeah. Two Idaho women were arrested in a twisted kidnapping plot that allegedly targeted a love rival of one of the suspects. I wonder what they all look like. I kind of, I kind of envisioning short blonde hair. Yeah. Okay. Is one well, of them named Karen? No, we got oh. Madeline and Tabitha. Tabitha. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. So, uh, Madeline McKenzie Ovard, 29. <laughs> 29, okay. Yeah, it's a good name, right? And uh, Tabitha Gigi McKnight. <laughs> Did she just go by Gigi? I would hope so, yeah. you know, because, I mean... I like Tabitha, that's kind of cool. Tabitha's name. good. You know, you're but a witch and be witch if you're not going to go by Gigi, take Gigi out of the whole fucking equation, please, and just be Tabitha McKnight. Yeah. Better yet, just be Tabitha Knight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming up next after Silk Stockings, Tabitha, Tabitha Knight. Knight. Um, yeah, the birds of prey. And she, she's 37. 
they're charged with robbery, first-degree kidnapping, and aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Ooh. In connection to the March 24th attack on a 32-year-old woman. Hmm. So, the kid... The kidnappers live in uh, Idaho Falls, pummeled the victim with brass knuckles, and abducted her before they abandoned her hours later in the Wolverine Canyon. Whoa, did she get eaten by wolverines? Oh, I don't know. No, I was probably just named after Wolverine. Oh, the character Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. It's a recreational area in Bingham County. So, Where do you get brass knuckles? Can you a buy pawn those? Shop. Yeah, you can, you can buy, just buy them, them online on eBay. Go to a pawn shop, yeah. get them. It's a you know. weird thing for uh, just a couple Idaho girls to have. No, not really. There's, there's I don't a great know girls that own brass knuckles. I, I know a few. There's a great uh, self defense. Uh, I think it actually might be called the Wolverine. It's a great little self defense uh, device for for the ladies or for anyone really. It's like kind of like it's not brass knuckles, but it's like you hold it in your fist, and then actually, if you press a button, these little spikes come out. Oh, in between your fingers? Uh, well, for, no, it's just like there's a. Oh, like, you imagine, hold it over. Yeah, I yeah, see. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, and it's not. They're not brass knuckles. Like they're not like board, board, board. It's straight. But if you hit a, click a button or something, spikes like, come out of spikes it. Spikes come out of it. It's wow. like kind of like you know how you like people hold their keys in between their fingers yeah that's it's kind of like that but way better and less stupid basically the the reason why that's good is because um it's really you can't really get disarmed by your attacker well, you're put, clutch clenching it in your fist and you've got claws yeah so it's like you're like hitting somebody with no like a board with nails on yeah, it there's no way to get this i've often wondered with the key technique what does that really do like you put the keys in between. Is this supposed to like as if you're gonna punch someone and and spike their face at the same time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's not gonna work that way. It, it's it's trust me, it's gonna work out better than a punch. Okay. Yeah, I guess probably. I mean, my God, man, you know, just just trust me on that one, for the love of God. So Tabitha and yeah. Madeline got so their Tabitha, brass knuckles. Oh man, Tabitha McKnight did not have the best. Um, definitely did not have the best mugshot. <laughs> real goofy real goofy real goofy mugshot you know like she's like a you know supporting character hmm. in, in, a, in a in a shitty uh, sitcom or something you know Mr. Belvedere <laughs> sure <laughs> sure Mr. first Belvedere first one that came to mind okay um, yeah so um, the victim identified in court documents as Chelsea Urias was sitting in a friend's garage around 8.30pm on a Tuesday night when uh, Ovard, McKnight, and a third unknown woman arrived, all three were wearing masks. Chelsea sounds like she's a, a number one hoe. Why do you say that? I don't know. She sounds like a grade A hoe. Just because she's hanging out in a garage? In a garage, yeah. Okay. Very well, slatternly. It's, look, it's the quarantine. I guess, you know? yeah, you're, yeah, you're stuck at home. And they show up with masks, so that's not weird. Now, were know? they masks like your mask? Like one of your type of masks? It doesn't matter anymore. Created? You can oh. wear any kind of mask. You just have to wear a mask. Yeah, that's true. You know? It's I want to like, get a werewolf mask. I thought about that. <laughs> could yeah. you put like a face mask inside of it? Yeah. You could put a face Even if you don't have a face mask, you can just use coffee filters and just fold them three times in on themselves. That's a good and, idea. Yeah. That's it. That. That'll do the same trick. So, uh, yeah. So, um, 
So they, they rolled up Ovard on this hit Urias uh, in, in the face with a socket wrench and struck her with brass knuckles. Jesus. She then allegedly stole $400 from her along with her keys and her cell phone. God, she just had $400. Yeah. It just in her purse. I mean, look, if there's three of you and there's one of her, you d- brass knuckles is overkill. All right? Yeah, I don't so think So is really a socket that. wrench. You know, come on. You don't want to fucking you know, break somebody's jaw. My God. Um, so the homeowner of the first residence told police that a blonde girl and two masked individuals came into his garage. One of those women was referred to as Tabby, he said. So already somebody's like, All right, somebody, Tabby, get the, bre- get the money. You were supposed to use code names. <laughs> Madeline, you bitch. You know? Yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. like this was like very uh, orchestrated properly. Right. When police searched the garage, they discovered blood on the floor close to where Urias was sitting. The victim told the Post Register, which is a newspaper, uh, that Ovard and McKnight believed she was in a relationship with Ovard's ex-boyfriend. God, that's weird. Yeah. You don't usually hear about women taking revenge like on the girl that's dating their ex, like this. Yeah. Like physically. Right. Well, I got to say, um, Chelsea, uh, Madeline McKenzie Ovard, who is 29, doesn't look a day over 49. <laughs> I, I could say that. Uh, the, the woman they attacked is very, very cute. Ooh, really? Yeah. Chelsea? She's, yeah, she's real cute. All right, I'm still looking that up. She's, 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 she's got a, um, uh, you know, a, kind of out of, uh, what do they call it when something's out of time? Anachronistic. Anachronistic um, eyebrow barbell. Huh. But, so like you know, out of like 1994? Yeah, something like that. 95, Yeah, but that's still fashionable in uh, Idaho. Probably, yeah. You're probably right about that. About that one, pal. Yeah, yeah so... Um, so attorneys, they clocked her. Yeah, yeah. So um, the affidavit lays out how McKnight and Ovard allegedly battered Urias and hurled threats on her life, but it's unclear what role the third woman played and whether she'll face charges. She was probably the hype girl. Oh, yeah. Come on, do come it. Come on, get Tabby, that Come on, Tabby. Oh, whoops, sorry. We're not <laughs> supposed to say names. Yeah. After the beating in the garage, the trio cleared out Urias's vehicle, pushed her inside, and blindfolded her, the affidavit states. Wow. In the back of her car. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the women, I like how they're like, they cleared out her vehicle. <laughs> Get the old like Hardee's, you know, wrappers out well, in the yeah, back. That's the thing. You Who know? knows what was in the back of yeah. that? Energy drink they cans. And, sure. Yeah. So um, they blindfolded her. The women then allegedly drove Urias to a second residence, second unknown residence. While en route to the second location, a woman believed to be McKnight allegedly tried to use a taser on Urias's neck. <laughs> God, what yeah. didn't they use on her? Brass knuckles, yeah. a socket wrench, mm. a taser. Mm. They have like pepper spray or mace. But the weapon malfunctioned. Oh. I'm, I'd, I'd like to know how it malfunctioned. What happened? I'd, <laughs> like, to, I'd like to think it like she like, shocked the other bitch, you know, Madeline. And... <laughs> These are like the fucking burglars from Home Alone. <laughs> Jesus. I wonder if, whose idea this was. If the burglars was. from Home Alone managed to knock out all of Macaulay Culkin's teeth. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, so uh, once they arrived, McKnight and Ovard beat Urias again in the downstairs area, and Ovard warned she'd slice her throat, and McKnight threatened to shoot her. Wow. Yeah. Okay, they're taking it so, up a couple notches yeah. here. So here's the thing. When you take someone, uh, you know, kidnap someone in, in a car... If you just zip tie them, you don't have to fucking taser them during the car ride. Yeah, you know? she was already beaten. Yeah. You know, beyond recognition. Why yeah. not just zip tie her then? Throw yeah. her in the trunk. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, what happened ladies? if they would have gotten pulled over and she was like beaten in the back seat? Yeah. Ridiculous. They should have put her in the trunk. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Chelsea said that she didn't see any knives or guns on them, but that she knew that both Madeline and Tabitha had access to those weapons, and she feared that they were going to kill her, and she would never see her kids again. So she wow. knew these bitches. Yeah, so she knew yeah. what was going on here. Urias told police she feared for her life, and that uh, the alleged captors kept her at a second location and beat her for a couple hours. Can you imagine a couple hours? Two hours of beating. Just like yeah. boom, 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 ba damn, like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. I mean, my God, who's got the energy? You know? <sighs> Some angry girls. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so um <clears throat> uh, they cleaned her up and used another vehicle to drive her to the Wolverine Canyon area. They told her that if she cooperated, she'd be okay. Authorities say they learned of the abduction in the early hours of March 25th through a friend um, who told police he received videos of the victim via Facebook Messenger. So not only did they beat her ass, mm -hmm. they threw her in the back of a car, mm. took her someplace else for two hours, continued to beat her, then took photographic evidence of the entire That's night. Correct. That's, That's correct. Geniuses. Yeah. Geniuses. In the videos, Urias is bound and her face is covered, and she argues with Tabitha about sleeping with Javier. Ooh. Yeah. Javier. So the friend, yeah, the friend received the footage around 9.30. The friend also said he saw Urias's vehicle being driven by someone else around this time, and that he attempted to follow the car, but it lost it. So it seems like this chick may not have even been sleeping with this dude that they thought. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. they. I mean, it sounds like it might have been erroneous. Like yeah. they thought that uh, yep. that Miss Angley thought that she was doing this, and, and next thing you know, the the victim violence. said she was outside for nearly four hours before deputies found her. She was transported to the hospital for injuries like a skull fracture and brain bleeding. Jesus, they yeah. really did fuck her up. She had two black eyes, multiple bruises, dizziness, loss of vision. Good Lord. Yeah, they also wow. shaved their head. Oh my God, just yeah. insult to injury That's there. right. They don't fuck around, these people. Yeah, my I know. God. They're not just going to be like, I put, oh, I put semen in your, uh, in your anus. Oh, that's not going to make any sense. To, <laughs> sorry, that's a... That's, there's, there's a reference that yeah. makes no sense to anyone. Okay. <laughs> Harrison's, unless you're a patron yeah unless, unless you're a patron, patron. That, yeah. that was very clever okay was a, yeah there's mm. a good promotion there i realized as i was saying it so. yeah that's mm. that's the story that we yeah. did on the patreon yeah yeah 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> now they they have restraining orders. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that's what's going on. I wonder on. what Javier thought of this whole thing. I know. I'd, I'm dying to know. Oh, that guy dates mm. some psycho women. I thought yeah. I dated psycho women. That guy really dates psychotic women. Yeah. Jace, this is Javier. They did what? <laughs> they did what? Oh, man. Yeah. So. Come back to Mexico. That's what I would do. Um, wow. Yeah. So the girl's going to recover, though. And I imagine the in the third one, they didn't even charge with anything. Yeah. They don't know who it is. She just, sounds like she was just driving around. I'm sure these bitches will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll know, rat them all out. On her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. That's, uh, that's, that's what happens when you're in Idaho and you cross the wrong bitch. That's true. Yeah. People, send your stories. Stick around podcast, gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, but here's a quick word from Adam and Eve. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Lugaric's disease got pretty bad, let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code, Diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. I'm now a new man. Thanks. So we got a few phone calls to get to you uh, to the sick and wrong drunk dial line. Remember, people, keep it under three minutes, and we'll play it here on the show. Uh, this first call is from a guy who's uh, referring to the Greenlee intro we did about that... Uh, necrophile uh, that worked in the mortuary. That's right. All right. Hey, Dean Harrison. I was uh, just listening to the latest episode, and uh, you were talking about this this chick in Northern California who was fucking cadavers. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if it's the same one, but at the uh, 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 memorial home here in Sacramento where I live, uh, there was a gal. Uh, he lives in a in a funeral memorial home. home? Say, yeah. No, wait. He. I think he lives in Sacramento, but there's a, a oh, funeral okay. home there. I don't think he lives in the funeral home. They're just dying to get in. <laughs> Around 1982 or 83, uh, was actually arrested for that, and uh, turns out she uh, she did something like touch the cadavers. And uh, turned out she cut my dad when he died. So, whoa, um, no shit. Your dad got raped by the uh, by that necrophile. That's a great, you know. Is that still rape? Corpse rape? Is that still rape? Technically, no. What would you call it? Just violation? Yeah, it's uh, desecration. Desecration of a corpse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not really rape. No, just be living. Maybe, maybe she got some dick. Or something. I don't know. Anyway, or maybe my dad got some. But she was pretty good looking, though. Yeah, I mean, anyway, uh, she was kind of That's a freebie. That's just a score, you know? On your way to fucking be judged by Anubis, See, you get fucking that look, you know? That it is a total. Dub- my God. It is a total double standard. 
But I would be really upset if some mortuary worker guy fucked my dead mom. Mm. But if like some hot goth looking funeral worker fucked my dead dad, I'd probably be like, high five, rabbi. I think I'd, yeah, Yeah. I know it's a double standard, but I don't think I'd be like, wow, good job. Right. Even dead pulling some ass. That's great. You know? With that, so keep it sick, keep it wrong. Fuck you guys. Yeah, right. as your dad gets like one big, you know, it's <laughs> like it's getting good one more high five yeah. on your way up to heaven yeah. or hell, wow. down to hell, whatever. Yeah, that's a hell yeah. of a send off there. That's right. Yeah, God. Mm. All right. Well, your dad's yeah. a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the next call we have here, this one's good. Now, this is referring to a device called a violet wand. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. I've, I've always wanted a violet wand. They're expensive, though. I guess we had been discussing this in a previous show. Yeah. And uh, this caller calls in and mm. refers to that. Mm. Hi, Dee. Hi, Harrison. Back in uh, the 640 episodes somewhere, you guys were talking about violet wands, and you wanted to know the appeal. I know, Harrison, you said you weren't into it at all. That's not true. At all. <laughs> what I said was um, I wasn't that into some of the devices, but the violet wand is actually a lot of fun. What, what is it exactly? It's like a weird, it's got like a glass, I don't even know if it's glass, but it's like a weird wand where you can kind of, you know that stupid thing in the science museum where you touch the glass like the and, Tesla the, coil. and the electra? Like the Tesla That's thing, not right? a Tesla coil. Oh. Not in this so in like this, what you go to as a kid, and there's like a there's like a orb. Spencer's gifts. Yes, they Spencer have one gifts. Of those. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that, except you like touch it to you know a woman's inner thigh, and it gives a little shock. But it's kind of a pleasure, pleasurable shock. Hmm. I've had I've have I bought an electroplay device once, and it felt like shit. Might it hurt? Yeah, it just felt like you like touched an exposed light switch or something, you know? <laughs> Did you put your balls on it? No. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right for that. That's 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 my goal. What did you As do? I've How said did you... in this on the show, I'm really into pain. As I've as I've said again and again and again. How did you? It just Fuck felt, you. but it hurt. Like it it didn't feel pleasurable. Yeah, no, it sucks. Oh wow. Well, um, yeah. but the but the violet one, it's like. It's a little bit of a shock, but it's better. It's, it's not like tingly. Just, it's yeah, like a, it's tingly. Yeah, it's, like yeah. Gentle, it's hard to describe, uh-huh. but it's it's actually pretty good. So, Miss, you're wrong. Um, I had a friend of mine, uh, well, a guy I met on Alt, um, and uh, I'm a fairly dominant person. Got in. No, people still use Alt. Yeah, what is Alt? Alt.com. It's like a dating fetish dating site. Is that different than the thing you used to use, FetLife? Or is yeah, it the same kind of thing? It's different than FetLife. Oh, okay. It's a, but they're similar, right? Da- dating sites. FetLife isn't really a dating site. It's more of a social networking community site. Oh, and yeah. Alt is kind of like Tinder. Alt is dating site. I, I, I used, last time I used Alt was like 2005 or so, oh, 2006 wow. okay. or something. So I don't even know it was still around. And so was he. And if I meet the right very dominant person and there's some good energy there i don't mind switching to a certain degree um this guy had bought a violent a violet wand and um we played around with it for a while and uh it was great um so 
long as you don't, you know, put it like in front of your heart because it is an electrical thing and you obviously you can't have a pacemaker, you know, if you play with it. But um, uh, stimulation on the nipples and especially down on the clit is great. Um, mm-hmm. It was really very enjoyable, very hot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's good. Do you actually like touch it to the clit or do you put it near the clit? You could touch it. You can actually yeah, touch it yeah. to it. Oh wow! Because yeah. it's not just like straight. Because the stupid shit I bought, being an idiot, was just like it's like you like it's got this uh, this like it's not lube, but it's like this uh, conductor gel that you put, and then it's like <laughs> just got straight metal, <laughs> and it's just like bizarre. Whereas like <laughs> like like the the violet one has like a layer of like. I don't know, plastic or something in between the electricity and your fucking skin. It, it sounds like you bought like a defibrillator. <laughs> yes, I think that's what it's I like, bought. Mm. Yeah. I bought the thing, remember in Breaking Bad when the, the guy kills himself <laughs> yeah. in the bathroom? That's what I bought. Yeah. I, um, and I think you'll find that, that, uh, that at least women who really like violet wand electrical stuff also really like things like silver bullets and uh and clit stimulation um rabbits rabbit ears stuff like that i i mean i think i i think i've met yeah i met maybe one woman in my life that wasn't into rabbits so i've I've met women that don't don't like to be penetrated with a vibrator yeah, that's true. But I've met, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if I've ever met a woman that's like, no, I don't want any clitoral stimulation with that rabbit. Right. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think everybody yeah. likes that. Well, because Vi- Violet Wand is like, it's like the gold standard of electroplay. It's like, it's it's ex- it's expensive for a reason. How you much know? does it cost? Can I you get them on three hundred bucks or something? Oh, yeah, wow. you can. So it's, maybe it's use expensive. diddle people and get yeah. yourself a violet yeah. wand. I keep, I keep so, thinking you're saying violent wand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean violent too. wand. Yeah. The violent wand. Uh, yeah, no. So yeah, it's if you get anything less than that, you're basically getting a defibrillator. Yeah. <laughs> so it really is. It really is one of those things that's really dependent the on the. Yeah, it's like the. The genre of play really depends on that actual brand thing. This was a really fun thing that was going on for about six months, and he went on to um, have a uh, a dungeon uh, that he ran as part of a swingers club. They would do that once a month. And- Who are these people? You know? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know where she's from. Run a but, dungeon. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. All right. And I helped him with that for a while, and... Uh, hurt some people there get some got some uh got to play around with some people on on the st andrew's crosses and uh, steel tip whips it was great um who is this chick <laughs> i don't know but she's pretty okay. amazing yeah but i think that that's the thing and i think you'll find that women who like that kind of stuff also really like uh clit stimulation and silver bullets um Love the podcast. Again, every woman likes clit stimulation. <laughs> I think it depends on how you're stimulating. Oh, okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really enjoy it. I love the... Ra- I just, it's great. Um, I agree. Hopefully, I'll call back again. And, oh, please uh, do. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. 
Really love you guys. Bye. I want to hear more stories from her. Even though I just lost my job, maybe I should make an investment. (laughs) Violet wand. She must work for the company. I'm buy one. Yeah, because I thought of buying one for years, and it was like you know I did the thing where I'm like, I'll just buy this cheaper thing that you know (laughs) totally sucks, and that feels like you know. I remember when. Back Feels like was, you're getting uh, tortured with a car battery by Lindy England and Abu Ghraib or some shit, you know? <laughs> Jesus. It's just like, yeah, just like two conductor wires. Yeah. Just on, yeah. Yep. Um, I remember when I was at kink.com for, oh, what was that night called? It was called like Ultimate Humiliation or something. And there's a night that this this woman, Mistress Donna, did. That's where, the That's the wrestling thing, right? No, that was ultimate, ultimate surrender oh, or public oh. humiliation. Public humiliation. Public humiliation. Oh, yeah. was oh this you thing. were you went to one of those? Yeah, Holly, when I was dating her, Jesus. was a bartender. Yeah. So she would like bartend, and she goes, "Do you want to check it out?" Mm. So I would like, "All right," and you had to wear a mask. And uh, I didn't. I've fuck never anyone. seen the guys wearing masks in those. You're supposed to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, you don't have to, mm. but if you don't want to be have your yeah. face on film. The guys you know, look like well, yeah, because they look like the biggest scumbags on the planet. But I recall, like, this one girl, because what happened, the girls would have to sign this consent form, and if mm. you had, like, a valid, like, a current AIDS test, you could fuck them, if you want, if, like, mm. they had a whole list of what you're allowed to do to them, right. but you had to have, like, a, you know, your papers, and so anyway, I remember this one girl was, like, bent over, and this Mistress Donna chick had, like, a full-on fucking cattle prod, not, mm. like, a violet wand. It was, like, yes. a cattle prod right in her vagina. Yeah. Just, like, buzzing her, and the girl was, like, totally getting off on it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, didn't she get me tooed? <laughs> she got me tooed. Oh, did she? She that got woman? me tooed at the same time James Dean or whatever the fuck his name oh, is wow. called. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah Mistress so Donna hardcore. got me I was tooed. like, yeah. who would want a cattle prod mm. in your nether regions? You know. Yeah, oh, man, it was hardcore. Yeah, no, that bitch is crazy. Yeah. I would do the Violet One thing. Yeah, that sounds kind of Violet One is great. That sounds kind of hot. Yeah. Anyway, thank you there. Thank you. Um, we got to come up with a name with her, mm. Violet. <laughs> thank you, Violet. Yes. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Mm. Um, and definitely, please call back. All right, next call. Violet, we have here. you can call me Punches Pilot. Oh, mm. right there. Uh, next call we have here is uh, remember that guy, that Mormon mushroom guy? He called in. I do. And he and his wife like had sex on mushrooms and something happened. I forget exactly what it was, but Jesus was there. Anyway, uh, mm. the more mushroom guy calls back. I saw mushroom head. What is up, B? What is up, Harrison? This is the uh, Mormon mushroom guy. Uh, called in a couple weeks ago uh, talking about how uh tripped on mushrooms. I had a full eighth the first time and tripped out really hard got covered in piss you know yeah, that his wife pissed on him anyway uh, you had asked a couple questions about uh being a mormon um first of all yes i am wearing the underwear um as far as its magical properties uh i wonder if they're like tidy whities tarataruns you know <laughs> i don't know tarataruns you ever I heard wonder- that no where's that from that's, I've I've heard that as a slang. What they call tidy whities They call them tatantatons. Tatantatons. Yeah. I just put my hands on my hips. I just put my fists. Yeah, on my hips. Yeah. Like a like a superhero. I wonder if they're charcoal filtered, and that's the magic part. Oh, that is magic. Yeah. You won't smell the farts. Mormon farts. That's debatable, but yes. Wearing wearing the underwear, and I gotta say they're. 
if anything, they're rather comfy. Um, second thing, Harrison mentioned the uh, blood oath, and it's funny because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm millennial age, and if you ask any other millennial Mormon, you know, how... I mean, I can't even count the ways in which the blood oath is funny. It's just... <laughs> It is pretty you know, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it's up there with Paul Rudd, right? <laughs> Do you have how... it in your Type Five? Yeah, of jokes. Yeah, that's right. Good. Closer. Uh, how into the religion they're living or not? Um, they're not gonna know. <laughs> they're not gonna know what that is. Um, funny enough, I know it because my parents had, had explained it to me. But um... well, Mormon mushroom guy, I'm I'm a weirdo. You know, I've been to the pageant. How many Mormons have been to the the actual pageant yeah, yeah, in Palmyra? That's, yeah, that's weird. You know, so it was it was a kind of a ritual um, that was done, and kind of you know if you if you say certain things, then you you know you you'd be fall victim to the blood oath. But that was discontinued in like 1984 or something like that. That's not even that long ago. If you said certain things, you'd fall victim to, to the, the blood, blood oath. oath. That yeah. sounds awesome. <laughs> That's, you know, I got to say, most of this religion doesn't sound good because it's like, well, you can't drink coffee and you can't drink alcohol and you can't. It's like literally everything I want to be doing. It's like you can't do it. Oh, like the you multiple know? wives thing. The you can't do that things, either. Right? I thought you, you could. Know? Oh, no. I, I don't want to go to that. Mexico to my do God, that. My God, I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. A lot of work. No, my God. Uh, but uh, the, the, the blood oath. People falling victim to the blood oath sounds like <laughs> fucking, yeah. Anyway, uh, I had another mushroom story um, that I wanted to call. I saw a mushroom head. I was born and I was dead. Isn't that how the song goes? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a about? ween song? It's like a can song. Oh, or something. oh, yeah. Right, the mushroom. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. called mushroom. Ma- it's a, not mushroom man. I'm thinking of it's a mushroom head. head I mushroom. Think. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and tell you about, but um, this time I, it was me, my wife, and, and a couple of our friends, and it was New Year's Eve. And instead of going to a big fun party, we decided to go uh, up in the mountains and, and stay at my my family's cabin. And it was clear up in the mountains. It was obviously, you know, super snowy. Um, took forever for us to get in there. Anyways, we we ended up eating about an eighth uh, each. Um, this time, it's a healthy healthy amount. Yeah, Jesus Christ, guys, I'd be tripping. Mm. We were a little bit more experienced and kind of knew what to expect, but uh, there was uh, two two levels of this cabin. There's an upstairs and a downstairs. And downstairs there is a wood-burning uh, fireplace that kind of made the whole place glow orange. And then upstairs was a bunch of open windows and, you know, the reflection of the snow and the sunlight coming in kind of made it, you know, bright, bright white. So uh, in our minds, we had... You know what I gotta say? The Mormon uh, underwear, not very flattering on a woman. Oh, it's not that flattering. Well, no. I just have to look that up. No, not that attractive. It's like what a what like a uh, you know, what like a cartoon like a cat might wear in like an old cartoon from the thirties. It's not sexy. No, it's, it's not, not good. Sexy. It's not good. So realized that we had the option to go to heaven or you know the upstairs and then downstairs was hell so um we had we had tried to watch the movie office space uh, <laughs> man just 
What? 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 what were they, did they not have Holy Mountain? At yeah. The fucking <laughs> at the imaginary video store. Yeah, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, unsuccessfully, and uh, yeah, basically Jennifer Aniston was in hell, so I preferred hell that time. Anyways, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Peace. Fuddruckers. Yeah, that's yeah. what that that is hell. Mm. Is Fuddruckers. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, there, Mormon mushroom guy. I'm glad that this guy still does mushrooms and then calls a podcast to tell us about it. I am it. too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's I'm nice. glad that this guy is out there. This yeah. Mormon who does mushrooms and, and, and where and does yeah. he wear the underpants while he's doing mushrooms? I think so. That's amazing. I think you're supposed to wear it uh, whenever amazing. you're not nude or whatever. Do right? they have like a sexier version of the underwear for women to wear? Like I when they're having Christ like they do, sexy know? time, you know? I, I would know. hope. Yeah. I would fucking hope. Anyway, speaking mm. of a very not sexy topic, yeah. uh, Boner Villain calls in. Uh, so Boner Villain called in and we played a call on Patreon. I think he was talking about the stock market, but it right. was almost impossible to understand what he was saying. Yeah. Because he has like a flip phone that belonged to his like Uncle Steve yeah. from like 2004. Um, but he makes so much money off yeah. the stock market, you'd think he'd be able to buy himself an iPhone 11 Pro. Yeah, it's like it's like... Jim Cramer with a mouthful of marbles on volume <laughs> talking through a child's walkie-talkie. That's what the call sounded that, that's like. That's what it sounded like, yeah. yeah. So. so hopefully mm -hmm. this call is a little bit better. All right. It's cryptic. Yeah. Morning, yeah. Mm. Harrison, respond to that correct guy. The correct guy? I don't know. I don't know what he said. Something. Right. <laughs> I mean, you could be nice and respond to him, or I could just, like, not be nice either. But respond to him and respond to him on Discord for her. Oh, this is a Discord thing. All right. No longer whatever. Did he, is he on the Discord, this creature, this person? I, he must be. Is this some kind wow. of Discord? Do you have dr Discord drama with someone recently? No, I just haven't been on Discord much. Oh, Because, okay. like, somebody, at some point, somebody fixed their lips at me in some sort of way and... Uh, fixed their lips? Yeah. You what know. does that mean? Like, they're just coming at me with an attitude, oh. you know? Oh, yeah. okay, all right, all right. Made me feel some type of way, and uh, I was like, ah, took fuck a this break. for a little... I took a little hiatus. break, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I had no idea that Boner Film was on there. So, no, I don't know. You think he's I mean, all incognito? Unless, unless Big Papa Smurf and fucking, you know, Boner Villain are the same person, which that would fucking blow my goddamn mind. I doubt you it. You know, my God, man. Um, So, sweet Jesus in hell. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is that I'll, it? I'll look into Wait. that. I think that wait was that it? I got distracted. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the whole call. Yeah. Can you just be a human being, boner villain, and just say something that makes <laughs> sense? You know, I, I don't instead quite, of like yeah. fragments of like like you're the works of fucking Sappho. 
You know, like fragments of sentences found in a jar on the island of Crete that scholars put together and pieced together to try to make some sense out of. Just fucking say something that makes some sense. What was the point of that call then? I don't, I don't even know. understand it. He was saying that if you don't respond to someone on Discord, to the correct person, wait, hold on. Respond to that correct guy. That correct guy. God, I don't even understand what he's, what he's talking, talking about. about. At know. least you could understand him in this call. Yeah. Bonifil is really losing it these days. I think it's the coronavirus. Deej, is that? No, that's not him. No, I think, I think it's the coronavirus that's really yeah. getting to him. You know, being quarantined with his mom and his dad yeah. in, a, in a house in the basement. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's getting to him. Anyway. I'm fighting a war with imaginary tulpa creatures, okay? I'll get <laughs> to whatever time when I get to it. Petty foibles, and also, I don't even know what villain. you're talking about. So, yeah, you know, try to... Sense. Try to fucking get with it, all right? All right. Well, people, call us on hotline, mm-hmm. 323-522-4032. Real quick, here's an email that came in from John. He says, hey, D and Harrison, I just listened to Patreon calls from episode 731 where someone called to give advice on how to hack the Twin Peaks relay tower in San mm. Francisco. And as you pointed out, the caller gave no real technical advice on how to do this. And so might I add that it's like literally every YouTube tech tutorial I watch where it's like, all right, here's how you do the thing. And the, the actual hardest part of the thing, they just kind of gloss over. And you're like, <laughs> it's what like, the yeah, fuck? Okay. No. He said, I guess I'm going to have to out myself here as a fucking senior citizen, but your listeners obviously never saw the classic Kurt Russell movie, Used Cars. Wow. Which came out in the late 70s. The movie's mm, central gag is exactly this subject. Mm. So as an education for, for all the young wannabe pranksters out there, find a copy of Used Cars. You'll thank me. Peace out, John. Used Cars. I don't think I've even seen that. Never never even heard of that. It's a Kurt Russell movie yeah. from the late 70s. Though what I would say, what I would recommend for these Zoomers out there, if they want to see some old movies, I saw a movie recently, um, Save the Tiger, 1973, Dr- Jack Lemon. Save the Tiger. Crazy fucking movie. I don't know. Really, really bizarre kind of. It's it. I mean, it's depressing. So you know, get ready for it. But yeah, but I prefer uh, that. In movie. You will remember it. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you for the movie recommendation, John and Harrison. Yeah. Um, finally here, uh, best way to support the show is by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Um, as Harrison alluded to, uh, we did do a story that actually was sent in from a listener that I think that story has spurious origins, but it did involve some Russian women shoving some semen into a man's anus. Mm. And that's all I'm going to tell you. So if you go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong, you they tried to, to do that. a semen spell, but it didn't even work. It just got semen everywhere. Semen mm. everywhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong, you can find out that story. We also did a bunch of phone calls, uh, not to mention our outtakes, our fabulous outtakes, mm. uh, where we go into some detail about uh, the, the, the police using drones to enforce social distancing. Yep. So thank you to everybody out there for helping us and supporting the show. Uh, finally here, Sick Wrong Song of the Week. This came in from a guy named Chris. Actually, two guys recommended songs from this band. Hmm. Chris and another guy named Gino. Um, 
Chris writes, Hey guys, I've been listening to this band since 2008, and they recently announced a new album coming out, which got me thinking about this track off their uh, 2017 album. I think the overall sentiment of the song fits sick and wrong rather well. The band is called Ailstorm. You ever heard of them, Harrison? No. It's pirate metal. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we played a song from them before. Uh, I think somebody showed this to me, and I like... Shut it off immediately, and... I I think I took out my brass knuckles, (laughs) you know? I figured you would have to, like, put rubbing alcohol in your ears after you heard this. This is like chat pop. You know, this is in the realm of that kind of thing. You know, chat pop... I don't know what chap hop is. What is that? It's like, you know, 19th century British gentleman rapping. <laughs> wow, I don't think I've heard that. Yeah. God, that sounds awful. It's terrible. This reminds me of like the pirate version of Flogging Molly. Yeah. I've, it's kind I've, of the same sort of I've thing. I've heard some pirate metal. And, yeah. yeah it's, I've never been a, a, mm. a huge fan. However, mm. this song is somewhat catchy. It's called Fucked With An Anchor. It's by the band Ailstorm. It's from their uh, 2017 LP, No Grave But the Sea. I don't really know why we need pirate metal. I don't know if we, we actually don't. do. We don't absolutely I'm, not need it. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. Uh, I don't think the pirates listen to metal. Yeah. I don't think uh, there is ever a need for it. Um, but it exists. And uh, it's been requested by two listeners, Chris and Gino. So I'm going to play this song right. for you two guys just because you both requested it. Ailstorms fucked with an anchor. Thank you for not telling me about this in advance. So I have to, <laughs> would put me in an awkward position. You know, it really would. Yeah. Uh, anyway, people, we'll be back next week with episode seven thirty six. Till then, take it easy. Fuck you. You're a fucking wanker. We're gonna punch you right in the balls. Fuck you with a fucking anchor. You're all cunts, so fuck you all. Fuck you, you're a fucking wanker. We're gonna punch you right in the balls. Fuck you with a fucking anchor. You're all cunts, so fuck you all. Go! Strange voodoo magic on me Now when I speak It's rather absurd
sick and wrong. It's Paul McCartney of the Beatles. Now, as you boys know, I'm a big fan of amputees. They're really sexy. Look at them big knobby knobs. I just want to say hello and fuck you and fuck Trucker Paul and fuck Kendra. Unless she cut off a leg, that'd be damn sexy. Ah, uh, goodbye.